Empires and Billy West. Or Stimson J. Cat or Lynn Hart. Shut up, you fool! And I'm Dr. Zoidberg, and I'm saying hello with Professor Hubert Farnsworth and your old Captain Zap Brannigan. You're listening to Two Broke Geeks. Joy! Here's Johnny! <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. What became of your lamb, Glory? I killed Drop on by the Clown Cafe. Drop Food on tastes by the, at the Clown, clown Cafe. Cafe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, that sounds a banger, as the kids say. Um, this makes you makes you want to go to the local sock hop and get a malt with your best gal. Totally. Uh, this is Two Broke Geeks, and I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And we're uh, back again, and uh, we've been gone for like a week and a half, and in that week and a half, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So Yes, we do. Well... I took notes. Oh, you took notes? That's good. I didn't, but I do remember most of the stuff I did because uh, there's no Rick and Morty, so we're on break from that. But I remember uh, the She-Hulk finale. That That's one thing that, I, that we both got to watch this past uh, week and a half or so. Which is, yeah, that was a weird ending. It was, and I've heard a lot of people say that it was, like, genius and great and everything like that. Uh, it's different, and, like, Marvel needs different, but I didn't like what they did, really, because what they did end up doing with her just hopping out and going to Marvel Studios... And telling the Kevin robot everything that the season finale of her show shouldn't be. Then they didn't show what it should... Like, they didn't actually wrap up any storylines properly. She just said, no, I don't want it to end like this. And then it just ended. Yeah, I mean, the initial ending they started with where it's like... The Hulk King has her blood, becomes another Hulk. Then Abomination, Hulk fight. It really... Uh, that itself was also terrible. Um, well, that, but yeah, but it was terrible by design. Yeah. It was like somebody said, like, let's look at all the worst, most overblown criticisms of the MCU and actually make a scene that is those worst overblown criticisms of the MCU so that we can have Jennifer Walters go, well, that's not actually what the M like, because they talked about their own criticisms, which is fine, but they picked like the most overblown versions of those criticisms to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's just such a, biz this is just me from my standpoint of knowing She-Hulk's character as now they've mm -hmm. turned her whole character into this full-blown fourth wall breaking like superhero which was never really part of her thing 
and it's even a little bit further out from Deadpool. Like this is more of a mm-hmm. like Mixelpidlic Batmite kind of character now. That and it just doesn't work with her. Uh, like it was fine for like the for when it started doing it just to the audience as a wink and a nod kind of deal. But then to yeah, make the whole second mm-hmm. half of the finale be like, oh, she's now in the Disney Plus app and breaking out into that and into like the main world slash robot that makes all the Marvel stuff. It's just, it just, I understand where they're coming from and I understand they wanted to, they, yeah, they wanted to do something different. But it, I, I commend them for that, but at the same time, it just didn't land at all. Uh, and then they kind of just end it with, oh, he, just everything was wrapped up in a tight, neat little bow. Oh, and and here's Daredevil, now my boyfriend, and now Bruce mm-hmm. is here with Scar. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. Yeah. Yep, it was, it was weird. Um... I don't know. Overall, I still liked the show, though. I thought the show was wicked entertaining. And I will say... At least at the oh. very... Oh, I was going to say, at least at the very end of the episode, Kevin said that they fixed the flaw in the program that allowed her to bust out and break into Marvel Studios. So hopefully they won't be doing that again. I will say my favorite line in this episode is she's talking to the Kevins like, What? Bruce can smash walls. I break four. I smash fourth walls, and on occasion, Matt Murdock. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, she really does. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, potentially more She-Hulk, and definitely more Daredevil, and maybe She-Hulk on Daredevil. Oh man, that's like the Marvel takes over Pornhub. And start putting in like characters just doing it. It's just Daredevil and Shield. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be the great version. <laughs> we could actually finally watch She-Hulk smash. Hell yeah! Also, uh, because at the very end of the episode is kind of the mid-credits scene, uh, Abomination breaks back out of prison with the help of Wong. I can mention that it is finally officially confirmed. We talked about it on the last episode that it was rumored, but it is officially confirmed that Harrison Ford is going to be stepping into the role of Thunderbolt Ross. So we will get to see Abomination with Harrison Ford. (laughs) Oh, man. At some point. And hopefully Harrison Ford actually becoming Red Hulk, which will be hilarious. Angry, smash, smash. (laughs) Uh, As long as he doesn't have to fly anything, please don't let him fly anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see, what else? What else? Um, Well, are uh, you caught up on Andor? I am not. I'm I'm not up on Andor, and I'm not up on House of the Dragon. I've been watching too much horror stuff to get caught up on my regular shows. Oh, man. Uh, well, as of recording, House of the Dragon finale is tonight, and we'll talk about it when you, we get, you actually watch it, but the episode beforehand, it kind of was a doozy. Like... Th- yeah, I've, I've heard. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess, so, yeah, I won't talk too much about Andor just because we haven't got, like, I want to be able for, for you to catch up. So I, almost, uh, I did finish Rings of Power, though. Yeah, I've heard um, kind of mixed things, but probably only because some Lord of the Rings fans are great big man babies. I I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I know there's like a whole thing where like someone came in the store not too long ago was like arguing about like everything Rings of Power did wrong with with hobbits or like Sauron and all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. You know what was cool? The show itself was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. I mean, there's nothing really else to say about it because it's just fun. It's world building. And yeah, it may not play into the real Lord of the Rings shit, but I don't give a shit. (laughs) It's just a really good show. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, like I said, I've been doing uh, mostly horror movie watching, and so uh, I've watched like a lot of repeat things that I've seen before, but I did finally watch the original Terrifier, which <laughs> I had never seen before. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's good. Like, it's not necessarily my thing. Um, however... That being said, for what it is, and it is definitely a, a splatter film, um, it's it's really good. I I think a lot of it is is genuinely, well, terrifying, uh, especially at the beginning when Art the Clown is just, uh, you know, he, he comes upon those girls in the pizza shop and he's just sitting there and he's like obviously infatuated with one of them specifically and then you know um follows them into the i think the real beginning uh is really good i think as it goes on a little bit and then it does become focused more on the gore which is not to me quite as like a scare factor as much as it is just look at the gore although um it does have some of the best gore that when he when he saws the friggin' woman in half from cooch to chin is, uh, oh boy, that's it something. It is a scene. Yes, it is. Um, stomping that dude's face in, eating that woman's face off, like it's all just. But then it took. I already, when he sawed that woman in half is when I started to suspect that something else was up besides because you cannot with that kind of saw just go ahead and saw a human being in half like that as effortlessly as he sawed her in half. And I went, I'm sitting in my uh, watching it going, wait, wait, is art not just a crazy guy in a clown suit is there something else going on here and then of course after he blows his brains out at the end and goes to the morgue and all the light flickering starts happening i was like is art a demon like because then he wakes up and obviously kills the mortician and i was like well that was unexpected yeah um I really like the first Terrifier. I've talked about it on the show like years ago. I'm like, it's it's really fun, like grindcore, not grindcore, like grindhouse style, 
just horror film of just mm-hmm. what I also assumed is just some insane dude dressed as a clown just murdering people and then mm-hmm. as we're about to discuss with the sequel my biggest complaint is is we don't really know what art really is which makes it really hard for me to be like to to be like okay so he's a to what he's like a because I got very big like Freddy Krueger vibes through the second one, mm-hmm. but then it's just like I like in certain movies like you figure out or they kind of tell you through bits like what kind of monsters thing is and art is yeah. just there all the time and it seems like he keeps mm-hmm. changing um what he is to fit the movie and it's kind of a little bit well, especially dis- since at dis- the beginning. Uh, a little much. Well, I'm also wondering, because, uh, yeah, we both also watched Terrifier 2. And at the beginning of the original Terrifier, we see Art, like, putting on makeup and getting dressed. And so when I said, is Art a demon, it almost makes me wonder, is Art, like, maybe possessed? Because um, in the second one, obviously... Uh, it went totally bonkers with uh, first, like you said, he's a Freddy Krueger dream demon because she's having that dream about, you know, the stop on by the clown cafe, you know, the, this creepy dream. And then like her room sets on fire because there's fire in her dream, you know, and then, uh, then art like sees the little weird demon clown girl that, isn't there in some scenes but is there in other scenes yeah it's and... so fucking weird how like this little girl that early on it's like oh it's a it's attached to art so he's the only one that sees it but then she just magically starts being seen by others and making phone calls mm-hmm. and it's just like what's well, the making... deal yeah making phone calls in the brother's voice but then at the end, she picks up the head because the hero saw chops Art's head off. Oh, plus there's a magic sword yeah. in this episode. Plus there's a dad that could apparently see the future. Um, plus there's like the world's meanest mom. Like she's the mom character in Terrifier 2 is unbearably awful. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then like the little girl demon clown picks up Art's head and apparently impregnates the face-eaten woman from the last one with Art's head, and she gives birth to Art's head in an insane asylum. Yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> what a weird. And I just read because I looked. Um, there are plans for at least a Terrifier three, if not a Terrifier. Four that plan to quote explore art's origins and motivations. I just like I like Terrifier too. I actually liked it more than I thought I would. Um, mm. But there's just points of it. Like I feel like it's gonna fall into the category of the Saw films, where. Now they're going to go back in time or you're going to start learning more about the clan of arts origins and stuff. And mm-hmm. they have to like kind of backpedal a little bit because, yeah, because it's really annoying. This whole movie there's, they talk about Sienna's dad just like, no, you mm-hmm. were going to fight this thing. Like, this was a thing that like is going to happen and 
you're a part of it. And he knew this was happening. And he's just like, okay, what's the point of that? Like, like, is it going to be like this? Right. Like, I assumed it was going to be like, oh, Art's like her, like her dad for that's like possessed by a demon who became Art last last Halloween. It's just there's some yeah points of it that just overall made the movie feel disconnected. Um, especially the scene mm-hmm. where Art brutally murders that girl by like ripping her back, her skin off her back, breaking one arm off, like splitting the other arm through the fingers, taking half her face, and then her her mom walks in and she's like wakes up and just like she is no way that girl's still alive. No, I in fact I texted you <laughs> during that scene. I was like, what the, f-? like he clearly just ravages this woman like rips her to pieces and when the mom walks in there's just blood everywhere and she's like he tears her arm in half and tears her leg in half and she's just like able to just be like mom help. and it's like yeah, what no I don't <laughs> think so I don't think so <laughs> that was and, um do you think yeah of course um this was the movie that we kept seeing headlines like some people are fainting and throwing up during Terrifier 2 and uh, that's got to be one of the scenes that that happened. It's either during, that right? scene was the him tearing that girl to pieces. It's yeah, it's either that scene or the scene in the beginning where he's like taking out the uh, the mortician because like pulling his mm. brain out and like very yeah. very there's a lot of physical stuff, but it like a lot of physical, a lot of great. Um, visual, like, practical effects that were used. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but there's just, like... I keep saying I like this movie, but I keep finding things that I'm, like, not super big on. Like, the length of the movie didn't have to be over two hours. It is really long, isn't it? Like, I kept wondering, like, are we at the end yet? Like, I had to keep it checking didn't... it for that. Yeah. So I don't know. I I liked it less than I liked the. First. I think they were both fine. I think the first one is more fine than the second one. I think there's a point where I like gore in horror films. I'm not against it, but there's a point when gore is used that even that even mm-hmm. just it's like okay, that's a lot. Like that kind of takes you out of the movie itself. Like I'll still watch it, but it becomes. Yeah. It just becomes too much. Yeah. Yep, I agree. There's there's a there's an amount that is like once you cross it, you're like, Alright, come on. Now you're just like, just doing this for Like a great usage of violence is the movie Bone Tomahawk. Um never seen it's that one. So good. Uh Kurt Russell's in it, uh Patrick Wilson's in it. Um it is it's it's like a western horror would i classify it as a horror film cuz it's not really but their their usage of violence in that film is like perfect cuz it's like nothing too like too over the top but then they throw in one scene that makes you go oh god <laughs> and it just works all right well, maybe I'll have to see that one then at some point. Well, speaking of movies of that 
there's like the complete opposite of Terrifier with no substance of any sort. Let's talk about Halloween oh, ends. Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh Lord. I don't want to. <laughs> so disappointing. It's Oh like... God. Damn, that movie was bad. It is Oh my god. I'm so confused by that movie. Uh I I've been thinking about it all the time since I saw it and I still can't figure out why that movie is what it is. Um I sort of understand the idea that the legend of Michael Myers has infected everyone. They've got that kind of great montage where every death that occurs in Haddonfield, there's kind of the shadow of Michael Myers. Um, that is not a bad idea if you're going to have your car- your main killer disappear for four years. That's actually kind of not a bad idea. I think having Michael Myers disappear for four years was a bad choice, but okay. Let's just say that that's your uh, premise. But then to have the idea of Michael Myers infect a totally up to this point unencountered character <laughs> to then focus on this character for your entire film and sideline Michael Myers to being a weak bitch hiding in a soup. <laughs> I... It's it's like okay now we'll just watch Corey wear Michael Myers mask and kill people. It's so fucking weird. Like the fact that Michael doesn't show up in this movie for the first hour, um, is was the first kind of like sin I would say. Um, I mm-hmm. thought there's just a lot of weird choices they made in this film that just don't. That is either I like I feel like they had a lot of interesting ideas, but unfortunately they said, "Hey, let's just roll with all of it and see what happens." I think the idea yeah. of your new killer Corey dating Sh- Strode, like Mini Strode, uh, could have been an interesting concept if they didn't make her out to be like a rebel that kind of was well yeah they 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 took allison who was a good character and was like kind of being built up to be this good strong character and totally turned her into a shallow kind of desperate to get a date kind of hates her grandmother character um they took Lori, and I understand part of the arc of Lori Strode in Halloween Kills was realizing that the initial Michael Myers killings had nothing to do with her and that she had wasted 40 years of her life trapped in a cage being terrified all the time. Yeah. That's a good arc for Lori to go on, ex- and I would have accepted that she was a healed person in this film, if not for the fact that the end of the last film, Michael killed her fucking daughter. 
Like, she goes from 40 years of trauma, finally just barely starts to come to terms with the fact that she needs to get over her trauma, and then her daughter is killed, and then four years later, she's like, yeah, it's time to show grief your tits and show them who's boss. It's like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Like, if, if she's better and not an alcoholic and, like, in a different house, not locked in a cage, that's fine fine but the lori in this movie is like way more healed in four years than you might expect her to be <laughs> not only that but like you like you said like allison's doing this whole rejection like uh, you're not my mom thing to lori where lori's like you don't know michael could still be out there and she kind of treats her the same way as if like that she was still the same from the first Halloween film. Like, she start, kind of became more like her mom, where it's like, no, Michael's gone, like, he's dead, we don't need to worry about it, everything's fine. I'm gonna go on this date with this kid that you got creepy vibes with, who's getting picked on by band geeks. <laughs> that, oh my god, the band kids were the bullies in this movie. The band kids. They were the most violent band kids I've ever seen in my life. The the fact that their first interaction, there's a kid with a mullet, like, just twirling a drumstick while they're, like, trying to get Cody to buy them booze. I'm like, no. Really? And they weren't rock band kids they were marching band <laughs> kids they had like a competition for marching bands <laughs> it makes no sense like i get it they want to be different and i don't know if that's just like well we're used to like the jocks being the bullies what if the band geeks were the bullies <laughs> I'm not saying that, like, there probably aren't bully band kids, but when you actually see it in a movie, it kind of is just like, eh, what? A group, a group of kids in marching band uniforms comes up to you like, hey, fucking nerd. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Uh, just every choice about this movie is w right down to the DJ at the radio station. He apparently is on 24 hours a day and doesn't go home because every time somebody in this movie turns on a radio day or night, it's this guy and he plays records at the rate nobody i work at a radio station there aren't fucking record players at radio <laughs> stations anymore there might be there at some aren't. <laughs> i don't uh, i don't know I, maybe i don't know how but... much of this is true um i heard i read a i read a thing saying that he he was actually going to have a bigger part and that his the station was supposed to be a callback uh, to Season of the Witch. Um, I think that was a rumor because David Gordon Green said something about like how the tower, the radio tower that you can see in all the other movies or in the other two movies in this, this trilogy, it was going to be like an important set piece. And everyone was like, Oh, maybe Michael's mask is actually a silver shamrock mask, but that is just not what happened. It turned out that there's just, 
this radio DJ that apparently lives at the radio station and spews conspiracy theories about Michael Myers while he spins records like it is the 70s. Well, it's, it's funny because they did set it up where, like, Cody's like, Cody's like at the, is like looking at the satellite towers, like, this is where it's like, I like, I just look at this and think about getting out of here. And I'm like, okay, this is probably where the final standoff is going to be with like Cody and Lori or Michael. I don't know. They set it up like that was going to play like a bigger role in it. And all it was was Allison like looks at it and goes, oh, I need to go home before Cody like. Did the weird well, also, setup of being of killing himself? <laughs> also, uh, the the sheriff that Lori bumps into, or not the sheriff, but the the officer that Lori bumps into at the grocery store, and he's like, "Oh, hey, it's it's good to it's good to see your face." It's like, how big is Haddonfield? You haven't seen each other in four years. Like, is Haddonfield like Metropolis? Yeah. Like, what the. <laughs> Fuck. Like, you live in this same small town in Illinois and you haven't seen each other in four it, it years? Would, it, I mean, it would make sense if it was like like the first movie in this series like where she locked herself away from paranoia. But no, she's just been in a house just like writing her memoir and going grocery shopping. They had to have run into each other more times than that. And then two times in this movie, something happens that I kind of understand, but also kind of don't. And it is two people who had a loved one die. First, we see Lori run into the lady who somehow survived having the light bulb shoved through her neck in Halloween Kills and her sister outside the grocery store. And Lori's just grocery shopping and like having you know living a life and they're like oh oh you're happy now oh you're so happy you're li she she can't speak and her husband got killed and it's like Lori isn't supposed to go to the groceries like it's not her fault Michael she didn't have anything to do with it like why are you yelling at Lori for the fact that your husband she didn't even break Michael out of the he broke himself out like, yeah what are like, you talking she, about she like yeah the whole bit with that was like you should have just left that poor boy alone it's like what did she do she did literally nothing like they're yelling at her like she's not allowed to like have a crush on a man and go to the grocery store like she should be still locked up sad in her house like, that's weird. And then um, the other one I get a teeny bit more. But, like, when Corey runs into the mother of the boy he accidentally killed at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're just out here dancing and having a good time. And it's like, lady, I, I feel bad for you. I really do. Like, it's really awful that your son died. Like, that's, of course, a very tragic thing. But you, it, it, he didn't do it on purpose, number one. Number two, like, you have to have some sort of reasonable expectation that maybe he does his best to move past the worst moment of his life and try to have some sort of normal life. Yeah. It's... You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this movie's maybe fucking weird. Mad, but the... 
But I did like they did. I did like that the dad of that boy kind of like understood and was like it's awful but like it wasn't like it was a horrible accident like i kind of wanted to try and go apologize to Corey for treating him so badly but then when i found him he had changed and that's the other thing i don't understand what the did michael literally like pass evil into Corey during that scene where he looked in his eyes what was that he literally like it the my interpretation of that scene is he's choking cody and he looks him in the eyes and just like looking at all the stuff that has happened in life like to him and then you hear take my breath away playing in the background They should, I mean, between, they should have just fucked and gotten it over. Pretty here. much. That's kind of what this movie was, was Corey wanted to make sweet, sweet love to Michael Myers. I was waiting for a montage of them just, like, to, like, take my breath away, go around murdering, like, homeless people, like, while they laugh and there's, like, blood being sprayed around, stuff like that, and they hold hands and spin and then another thing about this. <laughs> I'm not going to run out of things about this movie. I'm so mad at this movie. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I, it, after this podcast, I'll be done talking about it. But I've And another thing about this movie. All of Kills was about, like, turning Michael Myers back into, like, this inhuman monster where he... Um, you know, survives being burned and shot and stabbed and beaten by like that whole crowd of people and he gets up and kills them all and walks away. And in this movie, he's like weak and hiding in a sewer. And then at the end, Lori knocks a fridge on top of him and kills him like it's nothing and is like you're just a man and you're gonna die just like a man and like bleeds him out and that's just the end the weak weak sauce my dumb my favorite scene of michael in this film is the first kill he makes when cody's fighting uh the cop in the sewer and he's holding him down and Michael stabs him and Michael just has this body motion like he just came in his pants and he's just like like I don't <laughs> know what the fuck that was he just like all of a sudden gyrating from the fact he murdered someone <laughs> well it was almost like they were implying that he was weak because he hadn't killed anybody for four years and he was gonna get his powers back what powers <laughs> I don't know. There's only one good thing that's happened in this movie. One good thing. And it's that somebody finally did what I have been saying for lots and lots and lots of years that somebody should do to like a Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger. And that's they put him through that like metal crusher. Yeah. And totally destroyed his body. Uh, And I was like. I totally thought. I totally thought that in that scene when they're carrying like his body, like the whole the whole town is carrying his body across, like Spider Man mm-hmm. Two style uh, to the Crusher. For yep. uh, for a brief yeah. moment, I thought Laurie was gonna get crushed with it with, after the whole thing from the last movie. It was like it was like it ends with me. <laughs> 
Well, also, the the marketing for this movie was a little bit deceptive, where, like, she had things like, he gets pa- he gets more powerful the more he kills. Maybe he can't die unless I die. And it's like, mm, okay, that's not what happened in this movie. Anyway, it's called also, Halloween Ends. Yeah. In, oh, keep going. Oh, also, all also. I was going to say, yeah, like, all I was going to say was the scene where she, it almost seemed like Lori had freaking supernatural powers of knowing when Cody was in the house and set up where she tried to kill herself mm. and hid behind the door to shoot him when he opened the door. <laughs> like, out of... No- that was like a completely weird-ass really- scene. All I can say is this movie is titled Halloween Ends, and after this movie, it better end for a long time because somebody somewhere needs to sit and think really hard about what to do with this franchise. Oh, come on. Don't you want to join the petition? To re to remake this they one? To remake no. this entire movie because they did it wrong? <laughs> no, that is entitled man baby shit. Yep. That's stupid. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, boy. Well, um, the only other thing I have is, so as I told you, I have, it is launched week of Gotham Knights. And... Ah, yes, you've started Gotham. It's getting terrible reviews, which made me very sad. Well, okay. The main bad review I've been hearing is the thing that doesn't bug me, which is... That the game runs on 30 frames per second. Uh, I have not... Okay, I've seen that, but I've seen a lot of bad reviews mention something that you also mentioned to me when you texted, but keep going. Yeah, uh, what bugs me is um, I've been... I played this... I started playing as Red Hood, uh, Mm. and I just got through the intro level where it's like it gives you like the lowdown of the Belfry and then it's like okay we gotta go on night patrol cause quote spoiler alert everyone Batman's dead um and mm-hmm. so you are one of the four you're either Red Hood Robin Nightwing or Batgirl and you go mm-hmm. on night patrols where you have to find info intel by stopping crimes of different types um you have to like just go and do random shit, which Batman had those kind of, like side quests kind of deal. Like you stop robberies, stuff right. like that. But in this game, it feels fucking tedious. Like I step out and I hit my little sonar yep. thing, and a bunch of red dots. There's like, oh, there's burglaries here. There's a robbery happening here. Go take care of those things. You go and take care of it, but then there's really no payoff. Uh, it's just random stuff, and it doesn't even tell you um, like how many crimes you stopped until the end of the night where it's like, you stopped this many crimes, but it repeats itself. So it's not like you're really stopping anything, and it's I've been a reading fucking collect-a-thon. A yeah. <laughs> like, you have to go and do... Yeah. I've- you have to go and do these separate things where it's like, if you need to uh, make progress on a specific mission, you have to go stop a whole bunch of different crimes. But you have to locate a a rat in the crime c- group that you're 
that you are fighting and you have to save him for last to interrogate them to get more info and then you get all these like little magnifying glasses which are clues it's just <sighs> I don't know I'm about to start I'm probably I'm gonna play some more tonight because I'm on the first main mission yeah. where you take on where I have to I, I'm switching to Nightwing and I'm gonna go fight Harley mm-hmm. and but there's there's so much random shit in this already where it's like Batman left a bunch of Batarangs go find them it's just I don't know this it doesn't have the spit it, it doesn't have the spit shine polish of like the Arkham games and I don't like the yeah. online factor that it has when you want to play with friends. It just feels super mm. tedious. Yeah, that's the main complaint I've been reading is everybody being like, what is with all these side quests? Why are they so repetitive? Why do they not really go anywhere? I've heard the combat is a little not great as well is something else I was reading. It's um, tedious. You don't, like, the upgrade system isn't you learn, isn't like Batman where you get, like, pieces of your equipment that you find laying around, mm-hmm. so far as I can tell. Right now, it is you... Every character has upgrades of stuff they can learn, but it's also... When you play as one character and you upgrade him, it upgrades everyone else at the same time. So, like, I don't know. It mm. feels weird, um, that is weird. And then, like the loadout system, they have you, you have fucking loadout systems where you change your outfits and your uh, you can change whatever outfit, and you can change like what type of weapon you have by power by by its power. So you have to find materials mm. to build uh, better versions of like guns, bow staves, it's like stuff like that. And it just doesn't really feel like a Batman game. Weird. Yeah. And That's the challenges. Oh my god, the fucking challenges. You have to I'm uh, I the more I talk about it, the more I get mad. That uh, Um there's like so unfortunate. It's it, like there's a challenge blockade of stuff that you have to do in order to get specific move sets. Um like hmm like you have to become like there's a whole subsection called Arkham challenges or Gotham Knight challenges. That you have to fill um, in order to get like specific power ups or specific things through the whole group. Like you have to do uh, a specific amount of perfect dodges with brutes f- to unlock some stuff. It is mm. fucking tedious. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done now for now. Dumb. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um. Yeah, I've really got nothing else, actually. This was kind of light. I just had those movies to talk about, Terrifier, Terrifier 2. I haven't gotten to see Black Adam yet. I am interested to see it because people that I... It got really terrible, like, professional reviews out the gate, but then the audience score seems to be doing pretty well, and people who I... uh, trust seem to be enjoying it they say it's not perfect but it's fun to watch um 
I have no idea when I'm going to get to see that, but uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to see it. It's getting into the busy season, so it's going to be harder for me to Very true. find time and money to go Very to the true. theater. However, if not for Black Adam, for sure Black Panther. Uh, oh, yeah, that's next month. It's like in it's coming two right weeks. Two or three weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, two or three weeks. Dang. Um, for sure, at least that. Um, I want to try and sneak in some more horror movies. Um, I honestly don't know. Like today's kind of like the totally yeah the one today's kind of like the one day I might sneak in a couple of others later. Um, do it. Oh, I, oh, it's gonna happen. Just I got I got to do other stuff as well. Um. But yeah, um, hopefully by next yeah. episode we'll have some more stuff and hopefully maybe see Black Adam. Did you see that one tweet that was going around of the guy uh like recording himself in the theater? Like Oh, that dingbat. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about that dude. He's a pain in the neck. He's one of those internet troll film review just fuck that guy i i'm not even gonna bring up his name you if you don't know who we're talking about you don't need to go look it's him not up. important i just wanted to know if, if you dude. saw that or not <laughs> i did he's like in the balcony and like someone is standing below watching him like have a freak out in the theater i'm like well if he's that dude recording was in my himself theater, i'd throw my pop yeah, I'd throw my popcorn bucket at that dude. Oh, I would I throw way theater. more than that at him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that does it for this episode. All righty. Later. The Two Broke Geeks podcast is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment in conjunction with Atomic Geekdom. Find us online at twobrokegeeks.com. We're available on iTunes, Google Play Music, and the Satchel Player app for iPhone and for Android. Please subscribe to us on one of these services and leave us a review. It really helps us out. You can also help us out by following us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twobrokegeekspodcast, following our Twitter at 2BGpod, and following us on Instagram where we are also 2BGpod. Find Atomic Geekdom online at AtomicGeekdom.com and on Twitter at AtomicGeekdom. Thanks.